Welcome to Beyond the Bounce. I'm your host, Coach McGraw, and I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Coleman, and we are bringing over 20 years of combined coaching experience for your listening entertainment. Ready to do it. Big halftime speech. Big halftime speech. So, um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was sitting around. I was saying, you know, you're in the you're in the game. It's not going the way you planned it. <laughs> what do you tell your team when you're down 20 points at half? Uh, yeah, that's. A, I've had a lot, a lot more of those than I'd like to admit. Right. Um, especially at big tournaments when you walk in and. You know, I, I think I think it all starts when you're looking at the clock as the as the buzzer goes off at, at the end of the second quarter, and you start walking back. And if you have an assistant coach, you're like, "Well, what do we say?" Do, be, let, let, let's go back. So, buzzard sounds going into halftime. I'm the coach that sits there on the bench for probably a good 20 seconds <laughs> and just stares into space, like, "What just happened?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one um, that's one way to do it. Um, I I tend to want to I, I act all pissed and tell the guys to hurry up and get in the locker room. And, but in my right. mind, I'm thinking I don't know what to say here. Um, and then I usually do the whole like I want them to wait, and so I just go to the bathroom even if I don't need to go to the bathroom. So right. make they, them make them sweat. Make it them out. sweat as long as you know as long as they have a room or something they're going in. Um, and then then I get into the the, the locker room. Um, if I have an assistant coach, I usually make him talk first as I'm trying to think, draw something up or go over it. And see, I can, I can visually see this for all you coaches. You walk into that locker room, you know, the kids are sitting there. Sometimes they're complaining with each other, but you walk in. The first thing you do is you stretch and you scratch the back of your head and you do that. (sighs) We just weren't that good. (laughs) I can see it in my mind. I do it every single time. Every time. So you come into the room. You don't know what you're going to say. What's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Usually I say, like, guys, we were right there. We just missed some layups. <laughs> you just did it. You just did it. <sighs> and I usually say, we were right there. You know, then I, then I try to think of the things we could have done positively. Like, hey, coach, what were we, 6 for 10 for free throws or 6 for 12? See, we make half of those. We're right. We're, we got a game on six right, possessions. Right. Like, trying to pull a little positive. I try to pull some positive. Something positive for um, the first half. I get it. And then, and then I kind of go into, all right, this is what we're down. You know, this is what we need to do better. I try not to call guys out <clears throat> the best I can because they already are in the tank. I probably got my best player in the corner over there glaring at everybody. And then I got the other guys on the bench that don't play. They're always in the front. Um, right. And they're all staring at you with puppy dog eyes because they think they're going to get in the game. Um, and then you got the other guys. You got the guy that's always mad. He's sitting down with his hand, head in his hands. And, you know, you're just staring and you're just trying to get to something. But in your heart, unless it's a game where you're just not playing very well at all, if you're down 20, there's a reason you're down it's 20. It's called talent, coach. <laughs> and you don't just, have the talent. And, and talent matters. And so when you're sitting there and, you know, you really want to be like, 
Well, how are we going to get back in this? A freaking transfer guy coming right now and just step in the court. I don't know. Your older brother used to play for me. Like, <laughs> Can we get him on the court? Right. Um, but it is a de- demoralizing feeling when you go in at halftime and you're losing by more than 20. And you just know, as a coach, there is nothing that you can do. Yeah, and, and we've all been in that situation where you're completely overmatched. You knew it coming into the game. You know, that little five-point run where you were motivated to, to really believe that you were going to lose by maybe less than 10, that went out the window. Yeah. So at this point, you're just trying to hold on. We're all just trying to hold on. We're trying not to be embarrassed by their second string. Um, and you're trying at the same time to get guys in who don't typically play. At least that's what I do. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those situations in coaching that we don't like. Um, one of the main things that I do coach and, and I've talked to you about it before is I never sit down. If we're up 20, I'm up. If we're down 20, I'm still up, even though I'm down inside, <laughs> but I'm still standing up. So the team understands that I don't give up and we don't give up as a team. Um, you want to talk about our, our, our uh, experience that we had versus our rival? Shed a little light, you know, being down, what were you down, 11? Uh, I think it was 11 or 12. 11 uh, or 12, 48 seconds, 49 seconds left in the game? Yeah. You want to kind of touch on well, that? Well, I actually, th- go, go back to like the middle of the third quarter when they were hitting threes, and it was just like, what? Wait, What? Yeah, so we had, you know, we were playing our rival, um, and like Coach says, you know, when we were talking about this stuff, there was a really uh, emotional rivalry game. Uh, one of the players had passed away in the rival, the, our rivals team that we all knew, and we all live in the same town, and I actually coached the young man. So they had their memorial right before the game. So kids are all upset, people are crying. It's, it has a lot of energy, it's loud. So we knew it was going to be one of those games where we're just like, Ah, uh, here we go. It's just we had to, we no were, one wanted to play the game. Yeah, nobody wanted to play the game. We got our kids crying, our starting guard crying. We had already made the playoffs. Our the the our rival team had won, I think, one game, or they were they hadn't won one game yet in league. So it was all of us. We had everything to lose, and they had everything to gain. So it was a tough game. And so in the third quarter, you know, it's when those guys that just are trash, and you and and it's the sad part when you're on like you're talking in the locker room. You're like, this kid, if he gets the ball, don't worry about him because he's not very good. Like, if he beats us, great. And right. then he comes out hitting right. three threes in the third quarter, what? and your guys are looking at you like you're a moron because <laughs> you just told them that he was bad, yeah. and you're Let like, him shoot. Go ahead, yeah, let him shoot. That guy, the let him shoot guy. And then that kid starts glaring at you and talking crap to you because you're sitting there, let him shoot or go to his left. And he goes to his left and crosses the kid over. So that was kind of what was happening to us. And, and they were just hitting everything. And then the crowd started getting into it because they were playing at home. And it was one of those moments as a coach as you're sitting there and you're just like, this is going badly. And this Way is bad. not going to end well. Fast. And we were just, you know, I took, I think, I want to say you, you know, burned them all. I coach. burned all my I, except I, one. You I had, had one left. I had five timeouts in that game. I took four in the third quarter, trying right. to just slow the runs down and try to slow it down. So I had one timeout going into a rivalry game in the fourth quarter, but I had to take them. Um, and so that's one of those things, you know. It's you coach by feel. I think that's a big thing. I think a lot of guys are like, oh, I have one timeout here, and I need to make sure I, I. I know a couple coaches like that. I have to have three in the fourth quarter. Man, listen, you got to take timeouts when you need them. Like I've taken a timeout in twenty seconds We're the first. On <laughs> I've taken a timeout 20 seconds of the game before. Like, hey, give me a 30 real quick so I can yell at these guys. Right. Um, but, you know, so that game was crazy. And so we go back and forth, back well, and forth. Well, wait, I just thought about something. 
when you're when you're under attack like that and you're just looking for anything to stop momentum and then you have that that senior that's a leader and he looks at you and says why'd you call timeout and you're like we're getting we're getting our ass kicked right now and he's like well we can play through it <laughs> what do you think we are the lakers like it's not gonna happen. oh why don't we just play through it yeah we'll play through it and be down t- you know 30 yeah but it's like you get these kids and they're like they're so used to oh we'll just play through it like no you know you're not gonna play through anything you're getting killed yeah okay so uh, keep going i'm sorry well no it's funny too about those timeouts you take those timeouts and sometimes you just don't have anything to say like i remember those third quarter like i took so many in a row i was just like well, we're all right, guys. Like, we're just going to hang in there. Like, you know, just I just took this one for you guys to get a little bit of a rest. Um, and for us, too, at this in that season particularly, we probably played six guys. That was our that was our rotation. So for me, I just needed to calm them down. And so when you take time out sometimes, it's more about giving them a rest and less about, like, trying to drop X's and O's. I think a lot of coaches sometimes think, oh, I have to drop a perfect play here. I have to do this. Sometimes I just say the same thing over and over again. Just, hey, you got to close out. Find your guys. And then we talk about, like, look for who you have. So I think that's part of it. And so that third quarter when we were playing this game, I think timeouts mattered to me just saying, hey, and coaches right there with me. And sometimes I let, you know, and sometimes as head coaches out there, let your assistants and let the guys that coach with you talk too. Like, don't just be saying, hey, I got to say something here. Like, sometimes you just got to step back, let them talk. There's plenty of times I coach with Coach McGraw. I let him do the timeouts and I just stood there. I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, let's go break. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think sometimes you just need to step back and you you, you need to, you know, other people have a different perspective. And I think it's good. There's another voice sometimes that the kids need, maybe to motivate, maybe they're just frustrated with the way the game is going. Just, a, you got to switch it up. Let's let someone else jump in. Obviously, they're in your staff, so you trust them. You got to, you got to let them do their job. But I just remember we were getting crushed. And it, it, I never think we're not going to win. But there was a point in, in this game where, I truly thought it was a loss. And I was trying to think about, well, how are we going to make it through this? They haven't beat us in eight times. And, you know, how, how am I going to, you know, construct this speech to where we can pull something from it going into the playoffs? So, you know, it, it was just in, in the heat of the moment, I was thinking, oh, we, we might not dig out of this hole. But I can just remember that that day, coach is coaching. He's I mean, he's into it. And then he comes over to the bench and he sits down. I mean, to be honest, I would have sat down because we're getting our ass beat. And I simply just turn to him and go, dude, you got to stand up. At the end of the day, you got to stand up. I know this hurts. We can't let these jerks beat us, but you have to stand up. And so coach stands up, continues coaching. This is probably what, mid-third? Um, Going was, in the fourth, that was like it was it was fourth. all bad. it was like beginning of the fourth. I remember it happened because I thought we maybe could come back, and it was like beginning of the fourth. They hit a couple threes, and I and he back. gave me this look like you're an idiot, like <laughs> you know this is over. And we both, literally, we both knew that the game was out of reach, and probably one of the greatest moments I ever had coaching. And I think it gave me chills because as a coach. It, it, the wins and losses, they're great. But when the kids actually get it, that's when you know you've done a great job. And so um, I can remember being in that last timeout huddle when we're down, what, 11, 12? We were down like 13 with like three and a half minutes ago, and I took a timeout. Right. And I just remember our <laughs> we're both sitting there side by side, staring at our starters. And... <laughs> 
I didn't say anything because I knew probably it was going to be negative. And I don't even think you said anything either. Mm -mm. We just sat there for a good 30 seconds. No one said anything. And then our our star two guard just says, Oh, we're okay. We're good. We're good. And in my mind, (laughs) we're not good. (laughs) This is not good. But he truly believed it. And the rest of the team, because of that, believed it as well. And so we're like, yeah, yeah, we're right where we want to be. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. And I think it's funny, but that started four years before when I started. I coached this kid, our starting our starting guard as a freshman. And we instilled this, hey, never give up. This is who we are. This is who we're supposed to be. And four years later, he paid us back because we in that huddle, I remember sitting there like, I remember the first thing I said was, Hey, if we just cut this thing to nine with like two minutes and 30 seconds left, like you just, because you, as coaches, like we talked about the halftime earlier, you're always trying to, okay, we cut this to 12, we cut this to whatever. So we were, at, that was after he said that with 30 seconds in that right. timeout. I said, okay, listen, if we cut this thing to nine, you play good defense, we slow the game down on their side, try to push it when we get the ball and get in the half court, we'll be fine. But I remember seeing in my, in that star player's eyes, like I was like, you know what? We're good. We might actually we're good. We, we could do this. And I think just looking at us, we're good. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny when you, you see that and you see moments as coaches that you guys have all had those moments. Sometimes you're on the other end of those moments where this team actually encompasses what you've taught them all year. And for us that was our last game of the year before the playoffs. And it's so nice to see because you're like, wow, you know, I did make a difference with these kids because they get it and like it, it actually gelled the right way. And, and it was, I think the best part was, you know, as the game progressed, you know, there were a couple fouls that if those fouls didn't even happen, we wouldn't even be in that position. But they came down, they hit a three. We hit another three. Um, they came down, got fouled, missed a free throw. We hit another three. Then we stole an inbounds, made a layup with an and one, made the free throw. And then it was just on from there. Yeah, and you know that star player we're talking about scored the last 15 points of the game. So he actually, I mean, he he, he was superhuman. The people in their gym started chanting MVP for him, um, and you know we, we got on his back. And, you know, we called and we had called a bunch of different sets. We had just put in some inbounds plays that we've been using. Um, and he actually hit a three to cut it within one. And then with like 30 seconds left, he stole the ball, got an and one, hit the free throw. So we went up two with like 12 seconds left. Then he guarded their best player and had to miss the shot. And we won the game. And, and the scary part about that whole sequence was at the end of the game, uh, we were down two, if I can recall. And like Coach said, they had called a timeout, you know, if my memory serves me correct. And we ran the same inbounds play. Yeah. And then the other coach subbed one of their better players out and had told one of his other kids some instructions. So we're thinking, oh, he's going to steal the inbounds. He knows that we're running it. And they don't even guard the kid. And the kid pops a three. Yeah. Straight cash. And I was just like, how do you... Wait, what? And to me, that's coaching. I mean, to me, I think you have to know, especially if you're a rival. I mean, all of you out there that have a rival, you know what they run. And, like, we've been running stuff. Our rival, No secrets. Our rival steals crap from us all the time. No so, secrets. So, like, you know, I think coaching matters. And I, I do remember, uh, I thought it was funny, um, you know, I remember after that game sounded, 
I, I don't think I really realized how big of a moment that was. I mean, that's still the greatest basketball moment I've ever had. Mine too. Um, because of the way the game went down and how many people were in there. It was loud. and The walls was, were sweating. They were. It was loud. It was disgusting. And so, when you know, we went in there and we did that. I remember me and Coach, instead of cheering and doing that stuff, we went straight to that player and we just hugged him because, you know, he, he was someone that bought in. He was someone who lost his mom before the season started from cancer. And we had told him, like, hey, it's okay if you don't play. Like, you, you got to focus on family, whatever you need to do. And he said, I'll be there, coach. Um, this is a kid that after tournaments, he would show up. Like, we'd have a tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the summer. He would be there Monday morning at 8 a.m. saying, hey, can we get in the gym? Um, and so we actually went to him, hugged him. Um, and then afterwards, everybody clapped and stuff and did all their things. But I just remember that moment. I'm never going to forget that moment. And as long as I live and as long as if I don't coach or coach, I'm always going to have that. And all of us have that moment that we're like, hey, this is why we do this stuff. And I was just really happy for him. Um, and, you know, and it had nothing to do with coaching. Like we made a little bit of adjustments here and there. But really, it just came down to having talent and having the best player on the court. Right, right. And I think at halftime, even in that game, we, we've, we've been beating up on this team for a while. So we weren't too scared because typically we beat them by 20, you know, 15 to 20 points. Um, so we weren't really concerned until they started popping a bunch of threes after, you know, second half started. But, you know, like Coach said, you have those moments. You know, you go through these moments and, and we really question why we coach. And these are those moments that just confirm and make you understand why you coach. And this was a, an excellent example um, of all the hard work, the after hours, everything that you put in, when the kids actually get it and, you know, they, they have a performance or one player does something that you think is just incredible. And that, that rush that you get from being a part of that experience in that situation, you know, no one could ever take it away from you. And it's just something to cherish. Yeah, man, you know, those are the games and those are the when you go in that locker room and how hyped the kids are and you're just like, yeah, this is awesome. Like, this is worth me going, you know, all the morning practices I have and all this right. stuff and you're like, yeah, this is why we do what we do. And then but on the flip side, you don't think about this as a coach, but I wonder what his locker room, the opposing coach's locker room was like. And now, granted, beef. No, oh, no, no, no. That was different yeah. time. Was- <laughs> so, you know, and, and they were talking a lot of crap. And, you know, you go into that those situations and I don't I don't think about that that way. Like, I always just think about it from my perspective, because at the moment I'm like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And you see him walk in the locker room. And in, but as a coach, sometimes you're like. And I feel bad. I'm like, yeah, man, that, that's got to be a tough loss. It sucks being on the other end of that. Yeah, and right. for, especially for him because that would have been the first time he beat us in four years. And then just like that, it's taken away. And I, you guys know, you know, there's losses that stick out. There's losses that you just will never forget. I'll remember that win all my whole life. I will always remember that game. Yeah. Every aspect of that game was amazing. Yeah. From start to finish. But there's From also start to finish. coaches out there, you know, there's games that I can't even watch film on because we lost I and I can't do it. Trash. Like, I just can't. Absolute trash. <laughs> because you know you're going to get pissed and it just hurts. Like there's still games from like three or four years ago. I will not turn on Huddle because I cannot watch it because I it. know how bad it will feel. And, and, and it's funny. You go in with high hopes and like we were talking about, you're down 20. What do you do? 
So we were playing another school um, in a tournament that was nearby. It was this Madeira tournament. You know, schools of all size. You know, schools of all different divisions. And, you know, we walk in and we're, oh, okay, we're playing. Oh, okay. Fresno High. Okay, we'll see what they do. They have this kid. Kid you not. Watching warm-ups, I'm like, damn, okay, everybody pretty much can shoot. So don't let them shoot threes. So I'm telling the kids, we cannot give up any threes. Because in warm-ups, these kids are just, I mean, it, it's looking serious. Um, get on the floor, first couple minutes. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he hit one. Comes down again. Kid's not even hitting the rim. And we're just sitting back, call quick timeout. I think you called the quick quick timeout, but completely overmatched for the size of our school compared to the talent that they had. And I mean, the point guard was doing his thing in and out, just playing with us and pass over this other kid. Just well, full circle. We find out that that kid was ineligible. We got the dub. <laughs> yeah. And they beat us by like 39. Yeah. And we still got the dub because the kid was ineligible. So, I mean, yeah, I, we've been on the, the, the wrong side of some really tough battles and, and defeats. But I'm just saying, I mean, when you're in that position where you're completely hopeless... You know, it's interesting. We want to hear what you guys think in terms of, like, what is it that you say? What do you do in that situation? Um, and I think I think it's something to think about because we all go through it. You're not going to beat everybody, unfortunately. But what do you say to your team when you're getting absolutely throttled? Because there's only so many, like, let's play hard that you can say. Like, there's always, it up. There's, there's only, like, hey, we're right in it. Like, there's only so we're much. Right there. there. There's only so much you can possibly Cut do. Cut it to 22. Yeah. There, it's just, there's just not enough. And so, like, I, I think every game you're trying to find that motivation. I don't know about you guys, too. Like, I, I kind of pre-plan my pre-game speeches a lot, depending on the game. Right, right. I talk about it in the car on my drive to drive to school or work in the morning when I teach. I'm right. like, all right, here's what I'm going to say. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, sometimes, other times, you know, I'm winging it because I just don't know what to say. Um, and I think I do a good job sometimes with some speeches. Some fall flat, some don't. Right. But it also depends on the makeup of your team. Like we and, and at some point in time, you got to completely change it up because your team gets used to what you're going to say. Yeah. Okay, this is what he's going to say. He's going to say, pick it up. We got to steal possessions. We got to increase our pace because we play fast. We've always played fast. We play fast, try to steal possessions, maximize the number of possessions we get, make sure we get a shot on almost every possession so we try to keep the turnovers low, try to win that game, give ourselves the best opportunity to win. Well, they've heard that a million times. So when you're down 20, like, what do you really say? And uh, I think that's been something that's always kind of troubled me. Sometimes it's better to say nothing. Yeah, I found it. I saw something on Twitter from some coaches. They were talking about this. That's why we're talking about it right now. And this coach was like, I told him. I ran in there. I said, if you're going to play like this, we're going to get on the bus and we're going we're gonna to go home. And I asked them if they, were, if they wanted to do that. And they told me no. And we went out and we lost by 45. <laughs> and so he's like, I never used that speech again. 
And I think it's just one of those things where it's like it just kind of depends. But sometimes you just walk on the court, you know, you're overmatched, and so you gotta you gotta change your change your game plan. But sometimes you know in your heart is like, hey. But the biggest thing I can say is I learned this from coach very well. Just stand up, no matter what. Even if now I do this too. Like if we're beating a team by thirty, stand up. If we're beating a team by thirty, I stand up. I stand up too. I coach my lower tiered players, my 12, 13 man, fourteen man sometimes, because. They need to see that I'm not going to quit coaching even when they're in because I need them to gain confidence because maybe that 12th guy as a junior is going to be your seventh guy as a senior. Exactly. And so for me, I'm like, you know, I got to stand up. So it's like some other coaches might think I'm a dick because I'm standing up yelling and doing those things, but I'm not. I'm coaching the guys that are on the court no matter who they are and what the score is. I don't even worry about that. I almost look at it from a practice point of view of like, I'm going to make this kid better no matter what. I only get so many opportunities. You're not always going to have the best player on the court. And we've been in a tournament where it was a four-game four, uh, four tournament. Going into the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter, we had a seven-point lead. This kid, who ended up playing D1, we didn't know at the time, was just, he probably had, what, 38 at that point. Yeah. We go in the fourth, the kid scores 18 points. I mean, we're getting it from all directions. Our starting point guard ends up turning the ball over with a little under 20 seconds. We had a two-point lead. Um, they come down. They score. Um, the second best player that you said comes down, shoots a three, misses it. They give it to their star player. He shoots it, misses it, and then some guy gets some trash to put in at the buzzer. So, I mean, it happens. Sometimes you have that guy that you just cannot stop. And it is demoralizing. 18 points. He hit a bank three. Yeah. Like, just cashing out. Like, you're going to hit a bank three in the fourth quarter? Well, he did have 50. But um, there are going to be those times, coaches, where there, there's going to be guys you just can't stop. And you just got to keep going and, and say what you can and look at the floor and <laughs> pop a couple jokes. And, I mean, it is what it is. And, uh most of us experience that, and we're usually not on the other end with the talent that we can say that, like, oh, man, I had a guy that put up 50 tonight. I don't have a kid that can score 50 if we're playing five on four in practice. I just don't have that guy. So, you know, it's, it's, when, it's when it's happening, the one thing I can't say is I, I appreciate watching it, that there's a high school kid out there that no matter what you throw at him, he's going to get his. Period. He's going to get it. Yeah. He's putting them on you. Period. Yeah. Done. I mean, in that game, shake his hand. I still remember that game. I don't watch that game that coach is talking yeah, it's about. That's horrible game. Never I watched. Can't ever watch it again. Can't do I, it. I still think about that game. And the, so, like, the, like my son says, I can't like it. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> and the shitty part about that game is, I actually had my second kid during that tournament, so I was driving from L.A. up like three and a half hours to coach the last two games. Um, and so I, and my wife, of course, was pissed off. And so I had to, I had to leave. I told her I, I got to go. So I watched my baby get born, my second one. And so she's in the hospital. I'm driving three and a half hours to coach. Um, and it's so funny. I, I mean, coach talk about this all the time. We get up there, we win the sec, we won this, the semifinal game on a buzzer beater, basically. So we beat this team on a buzzer beater, drew up a play. And then that next day, I still remember the parents coming to me before like, Oh, we're so thankful that, 
um, you're here and like, you know, you drove all the way up here. Thank you so much, coach. And those same damn parents, two quarters later, are screaming at me from the stand saying how shitty we are. We don't know what we're doing and all this stuff. So it just makes me laugh because I'm sitting in this game like, yeah, we do know what we're doing. But they have a Division One basketball player on the court just working us. We're a Division Three team. Like, there's only so much we can do. It was do. like a, a grown-ass dude yeah, out there. He's a grown man. A grown-ass man, which is a bunch of fourth graders. Yeah. He's crushing hey, we're triple teaming this guy, and me and Coach look at He hit a double clutch three at one point where he jumped. Our guy stayed with him. He brought the ball down, brought it back up, kind of like um, kind of like the North Carolina guy from a couple years ago against Villanova in the championship. It looked just like it. It drains this three, and this is when we were up three. And, me, and that was actually like with a minute and a half. Me and Coach look at each other like, it's freaking over. Like, it's what done. are you supposed to do? It's done. Like, the, and they, they won the section. And they won the section title. We should have won that game, but I just remember that as a coach. And I remember going to that locker room with my guys, and and I'm exhausted. What was I, that? I don't remember the kid's name, but I don't but, remember. His but kid I know name he filled it up when wherever he went. He was. He went to. Like, I think he went to uh, UTSA. I think I don't he know. went to Texas San Antonio. The, the the kids averaged 20 points his freshman year too. So the, the kid can score. Yeah. So, but again, as we're talking about this, going to the locker room, I remember, God, I maybe slept. Jeez. Uh, after having my baby, I think we had her like at 3 a.m. I maybe slept six hours in three or four days. Right. And like I go in there and I got kids crying and I got kids upset. We had an emotional team that year. Um, that would have been our third tournament win of the year. Yeah. And that would have been a third tournament. We were going for it. We All said this is what we, we wanted to do. Um, it would have been a school record for tournaments won in a season. We're, we're pushing for 20 wins another season in a row. So these are all things that we're trying to do and accomplish and these kids wanted to do. And, you know, they're all crying and, you know, coach is talking to him and he's doing a good job. And, you know, it gets to a point with me where I was just like, guys, you know, we gave it literally everything, everything we, had. we had. The ending shot before then went in and out. We had that. We had a turnover from our three-year starting point guard at the varsity level. Like, you cannot control some of those things. And, you know, I think the kids got it, but at the same time, they're really disappointed. And as a coach, you're really disappointed, too. And for me, I had to drive back to L.A. that night, three and a half hours, thinking about that damn loss and how we lost all the way there. And, you know, and, then I, and I was pissed for about the first three and a half hours. And then I got to the hospital, saw my new baby, and I was like, okay, basketball is kind of whatever now. But, you know, you think about those things and, you know, it, but, you know, parents and me, it gets pretty, really frustrated when we right. talk about that because... They know what you're going through. I mean, the, my second child, you know, she almost passed away. She had a lot of complications. And I'm still trying to make time for these kids because they need to see me there so that they know I'm here for them. And then I got some parent up there saying, Don't go to Zone! It's, it's terrible! They why can you, shoot! No shit. Can't. No shit. We've been trying the whole game to stop this. <laughs> like, oh, you should double him. Oh, thanks. See the two guys on him? That's what that means. Like, And it's so funny. You're like, yeah, yeah, my daughter's at the hospital. So is my wife. But I'm here coaching your son. But yeah, you keep telling me what I need to know how to do. Yeah, appreciate it. Like, it just frustrates me. It, it just, at the end of the day, I mean, there are words cannot describe what you need to tell your team. Yeah. Can, is that a fair, fair assumption? Yes. Sometimes maybe it's better to say nothing, but at the end of the day, when, when you're down those 20 points, and you say what comes from the heart, period. Yeah. Because it may not change anything, but at least they know you're genuine and you're real. Yeah. Just be real. Just be like, real. I'm real as hell. We are getting our ass beat. Yeah. I'm so real I get in trouble. 
Like, I, I, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, coach will say, you can't say that. I like, probably not. I got tenure though. But like, there's these things. I got tenure. Like, there's this stuff that like, I'm very real with the kids. I think the kids know when you're fake and they don't, right. they can tell if you're authentic Come or not. Come on, guys. Like, you're authentic or not. Like, for me, it's you like, hey. And I, you know, I try not to cuss a lot with the kids, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, just it comes it's, it's how they talk. So sometimes the only they way can they can actually re- relate. To yeah. The only way they relate to you sometimes is if you say, hey, you mother, you know, no, like, let's go. No, that's maybe one we don't <laughs> No, like you say, hey, come on, let's go. Like, this is, this is the reality of it. And you also need to challenge these kids and they need to be challenged and they need to be told this is what we need to do. And certain kids get challenged more, but it's your job as a coach to know which kids to push which buttons, especially at halftime and say, let's get your shit together. Let's play basketball. And let's do what you're supposed to do. Some kids will fold, but the kids that you know won't fold are the ones that you got to push and get them to push their teammates around them. Hey coaches, we appreciate you listening. We definitely want to hear your feedback on the podcast. Please reach out to us at beyondthebounce22 at gmail.com. You can drop us a line. Tell us what's going on with your coaching experience. Speak on ADs, parents, whatever it may be. We want to hear your feedback. Thank you. Keep tuning in.